the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Praise the Lord this morning. Let's give God another hand of praise and bless him. <laughs> Wonderful praise and worship with our praise team on this morning and our praise dancers and band and everybody. Amen. So we, uh, we're, we're blessed to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Bless his holy and adorable name. Um, this morning, I want to invite your attention uh, to join me in your Bible, if you have it with you, and you should, uh, to Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. Uh, we'll begin our reading in Luke, chapter 24, at verse number 1. and reads like this. Now, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, and they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember? How he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb, and they told those things uh, to the eleven and all the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, uh, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. Would you pray with me this morning? Father in heaven, we bless you for another great and glorious day. We thank you for the privilege that we have to come together to worship you, Lord God. We, we're grateful on this morning, God, that we are celebrating the day that you rose from the dead. Thank you, God, for the great and incredible gift that you have provided for each and every one of us. Thank you for the grace, Lord, because we're undeserving of it. But even right now, God, in the preaching of the gospel, if there's anybody that doesn't know you in the uh, pardon of their sin, if anybody has not come into that personal and intimate relationship with you, 
God, it is my prayer even right now that you would begin steering their hearts up, Lord God, that they might have the seeds that are sown to come forth and bring forth fruit unto righteousness today, that they might come asking, what must I do to be saved? Father, in the name of Jesus, I realize and I'm praying in the midst of this sermonic exercise, God, that you would also draw others who have drifted in their fellowship, God, who have, have, who have fallen away from the church, who have fallen away from fellowship with you. God, I'm praying that the preaching of this gospel might draw them back into the fellowship. Spirit of the living God, we need to have a word from you. We need to hear from you in a day like this. So God, I'm praying you speak a word into our heart, into our life, into our circumstances, in our situations that the body might be edified for having heard your word on this day. Lord, I'm in need of you. So I pray that as a vessel, God, you would use me to accomplish your will. None of me, but all of you, God, that you might be heard and you might be seen and that you might change the lives of those who are listening on this day. Father, have your own way and we'll forever give your name all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for Father, you by yourself are all worthy of it. It's in Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving and expectation and the people said amen. Happy Resurrection Day, everyone. Praise the Lord. You know, it all comes down to this, this day. This is uh, perhaps uh, and arguably the most important of all the days in human history that we're celebrating today. It is the day when Jesus rises up from the dead. It is the day in which we can stand with uh, integrity and uh, assurance that we have placed our faith in the right place. That our salvation is truly rooted and grounded in the one, the only one, who got up from the grave. It is the, uh, the resurrection itself is, uh, the, I'll, I'll call it the codifying event uh, that proves to us that Jesus literally became our substitutionary offering, our propitiation for our sin. And if we had any question in our mind whether or not what he said uh, he was or who he was, if there were any doubt about that, the resurrection proved to us that he indeed was and is the son of God. So in other words, when we walk through this story of the resurrection of Christ, yes, there are the facts of the resurrection, but there's an enormity of lessons we can learn from what we see at, that transpires in the text. Help me, Jesus. There's a number of lessons that we can draw from, a number of applications we can draw from that we can apply to today that would help us to deal with the mess that we have. Y'all still here? And so on this morning, this Resurrection Sunday morning, 7 a.m. service, uh, on this day, I want to talk to you from this subject matter, lessons from the resurrection. Now, if you walk with me for a little while, just through some few days before this resurrection event happened historically, I'll take you through some lessons, and if you pray with me, I believe God will speak to us 
right where we are and on the pages of our life in such a way that you will think that I have spent the last few days peeping in your window. As we walk down this journey with Jesus, we are familiar with the fact that a few days ago he was beaten and bruised and battered beyond recognition. The beating of Christ, just so that you will be clear on it, has no likeness to the Michelangelo's pictorial depictions of his crucifixion. He has been mutilated in the beating. The flesh is falling off of him and he is bleeding profusely. He is unrecognizable as a result of the beating that he has taken to his face. Black and blue would perhaps uh, depict the imagery of his eyes and jaw and cheekbones and his head has been penetrated by the large thorns of Jerusalem's vine and pressed into his skull in such a way that he is bleeding uh, profusely from his head and the blood is running down his body as he is suffering the shame and the mockery of not only the Jewish leaders and even some who were following and others who were only acting in a an assigned role as executioners from the Roman army. Jesus is being spit upon and disrespected and abused in ways that today we would have every law firm and every uh, group of advocacies that would be shouting from the rooftops that this kind of thing is unacceptable and this matter of human uh, humiliation and uh, a brutalization is, is just inhumane. But yet our Savior endured all of that. And uh, that didn't stop there because even though they had whipped him and beat him and spit on him and mocked him, they went a step further to further humiliate him, not only knowing that he would be hanging on a cross before everybody who had gathered to see this event, but they stripped him of all his clothes. And so our Savior is naked on the cross. And here he is, the Savior of the world, but yet hanging naked and bleeding from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. And while he's on that cross, we went through very eloquently on Friday the seven last words or sayings that he made and understanding that each saying that he made took everything in his body. To even utter those very words as he was drowning in his own blood and suffocating from the dryness of his mouth and the uh, exhaustion of his physical body. But I do need you to understand as he goes through all of that, for some would say, well, he really didn't feel it, Pastor, because he was very God. No, he felt all of it because he was suffering as very man. 
And as he suffered on that cross, and as he went through all of the enduring of the mockery and the shame and the humiliation, they killed him, or rather, if I can say it this way, he gave up his life on the cross, bowed his head in the locks of his shoulders, gave up the ghost, and it was finished at that moment. And in the finality of it all, a Roman soldier takes his spear and pierces him in his side. Blood and water come running down as proof that he is sure enough dead. They gather his body up because the Sabbath is approaching and they begin to wrap him with strips of cloth as is the custom. But because they didn't have enough time. They didn't have time to clean the body. They didn't have to go, they didn't have time to go through the ritual of, of cleaning his body up and, 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 and putting the spices in that would, that would minimize the smell when the body began to decay in the tomb. They didn't have time for all that, so they quickly wrapped him and, and he was placed in a borrowed tomb. I, I just want y'all to walk with me and I want, I want you to, I want you to get the sense of what, what happened and what, what really Uh, the events of this thing and so as they quickly tuck him away and roll the stone in front of the uh, the tomb it is in my uh, imagination because the text doesn't give us clarity but it is in my sanctified imagination that uh, his disciples and all who were followers of him and all who had hopes of him doing great and awesome things and all who were waiting for the opportunity for him to come by and heal them and all who could not wait for him to feed them uh, and all who could not wait to see one of his miracles and all who had put off on going to hear him speak and, and they were hoping well maybe he'll come back and we'll get to hear him another time all that hope seemed to have vanished away and there was sadness throughout all the land of Jerusalem and all through Judea and all through the areas that he had walked through and ministered to and there was a sadness that was covering the hearts of the people that went on Friday evening and through the Sabbath and it went on Saturday and it went on through Saturday night and my guess is that his closest uh disciples and his closest family they mourned even deeper for him as they realized and were trying to wrestle with the reality that he was no longer here but as the sabbath had ended and now it was approaching the morning he being jesus got up from the grave while nobody was watching. And because it was now time that the women and those that would prepare the body could now go back and catch up on what they hadn't had an opportunity to finish, they got up early in the morning as well. They packed themselves up with spices and they went to the tomb to adequately and properly prepare the body of Jesus whom they believed to be dead and so as we get into the text where I've read and you're hearing this morning it picks up there where on that day that first day of the week very early in the morning these women get up and they go to the tomb to prepare the body the verse 2 says but they found the stone 
rolled away. I want to take our first lesson from that portion of text right there because I was reading all of the versions of this story and Mark's version says that as they were going to the tomb, they were asking amongst themselves who's going to roll the stone away. So the lesson I want to extract from this uh, resurrection experience is that we need to realize God will do what you cannot do. Now I'm getting ready to walk up in your street and in your business right here. I need you to, I need you to hear this. God will do this. This text tells me that God will do what you cannot do. For these women carrying spices were on their way to a tomb to prepare a body and they had thought about the spices. They had thought about the the, the, the incense and the, and, and the perfumes and they had thought about all the things and the wrappings and all that that they needed. But they didn't think about we aren't strong enough to remove the stone when we get there. And I want you to, I want you to, I want you to hear this. You, you, what God will take care of what you can't take care of. I'm really in your business. I'm not at the tomb right now. I'm in your business. That thing that you are stressing over that is beyond your control. I need you to hear this. God will take care of the part you can't take care of. Y'all hearing me? Whatever obstacles are in your way of getting to the place that God has already ordained for you to get to. Whatever obstacles are, that are too big for you, whatever obstacles that are too, uh, too, 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 too wonderful, too amazing, too hard for you, God will take care of those things for you. But, but I do need you to know something. You've got to take care of your part. Y'all still here? These ladies still got up. You, they got up. They didn't sleep until noon. No, they got up early in the morning and they gathered all their spices, over 100 pounds of spices. They gathered everything together and they, they traveled the journey to get to the tomb. They did their part. They could do that. But the Lord knew that they couldn't remove the stone, so he made sure the stone was removed for them. Can I dig a little deeper? Whatever it is that you need, Lord help me here, that, that you need to see that he is savior. Whatever's keeping you from seeing that, he'll remove. Help me God. Uh, whatever obstacles are in your way, whatever religion that you were indoctrinated into as a child that's hindering you from seeing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, God will remove the obstacles. I was in West Africa a number of years ago, and as we were 
uh, going about traveling from country to country, uh, we ran into a, a village uh, area where the missionaries were uh, uh, set up. And when we went there, there was a young boy about the age of 15 years old, and he had grown up in a Muslim family. And as a Muslim, he had been taught the Muslim way and he had been indoctrinated in the Muslim way. And while he was going about his normal business, uh, one of the missionaries had come in contact with him and shared with him the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now y'all need to understand that in order for him as a Muslim in this West African country to accept Jesus Christ means that his family would disown him and his father would potentially kill him. But this young man at the age of 15 years old gave his life to Jesus and watch this. God removed the obstacle, help me God, that he had in front of him to accepting Christ as his savior for he told the missionary, if I accept this Jesus that you're talking about, my my parents are going to disown me. My father may even behead me. And so I believe what you're saying, but how can I take on this gospel of God? And the missionary said, you come with us. And so he left after accepting Jesus as his savior and he went to live with the missionaries trying to tell you that God will remove the obstacles his obstacle was his family his obstacle was his previous religion his obstacles were all removed by God but he did what he could he listened to the gospel and he accepted what he believed his eternal destiny is changed because God removed the obstacle Listen, I'm getting ready to dig now a little bit more in your business. When I looked at this text and I realized that God had removed the stone, help me here. He didn't remove the stone so he could get out. He, he removed the stone so they could see in. Are y'all still here? And, and I need you to grab this, that God works in a way that whatever is paralyzing you whatever obstacles are in your way paralyzing you from from moving forward in the plan of God what God is going to do is he's going to do what you cannot do uh, you, you're thinking you know what I'm, I'm too old to go back to school I, I don't have enough money to uh, start this business. I, there's no way I could get on this p- program and do that or this or the other. Let me, let me talk to you. You do what you can do. And watch God remove the obstacles for what you can't do. Y'all still here? That, that, that's just a little bit of, of a lesson there that I, I, I saw that um, that we can take from this because he he removed the stone. They didn't have to call anybody. They didn't they didn't have to go up there trying to strain and stress muscles. And the stone was already rolled away from the tomb. The text goes on and says, then they went and they did not find the body of the Lord. 
They were seeking the Lord's body. They didn't find, they looked in the tomb. They went in and looked in the tomb. They did not find the Lord's body. And it happened as they were, they were perplexed. Like what happened to the body? That behold, there were two men, angels standing inside the tomb. And they, as they were afraid, when they saw them, they bowed their faces to the ground and to the earth. And the two men, the angels said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.